0: What is Job going to do? And we're going to explore this again for the next few weeks. We're going to see what is Job going to do. We're going to see what do Job's friends think about what Job is doing and how Job is handling it. Spoiler alert, I said this last week, the friends are wrong. So as you enter all of those studies into the first three friends at least, you can go in knowing they're wrong. Uh, It's a little bit harder to figure out why. But here's some key things. right? Job's the challenge for Job is that when Satan attacks him, when God removes all that is good, Job will curse God. He'll abandon him. Total about-face, he'll leave him. He'll ditch him. He doesn't care. And this is the challenge, actually. In, we're, we're back a little bit before where our passage actually starts. But in chapter 2, verse 9, Job's wife says to him, everything bad has happened, right? Servants are gone. Livestock are gone. The family is dead. Somehow the wife stays. Don't know. This is what she says to him. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Which is awful uh, in so many ways. But what she is representing in this story is she is kind of a rational way of thinking. Not ultimately rational, but she is A way that you could rationalize her way of thinking, right? Everything good is gone. God has done nothing for you. Where is he now? Curse him and die. It'd be better off if you were dead. And Job actually agrees with that one part because at the start of chapter three, Job, and this is key, he does not curse God, but he does curse the day he was born. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. This is a touchy subject. Uh, But Job began to speak And cursed the day that he was born. So he does not curse God, but he curses the day that he was born. Uh, I would imagine Curtis might have felt that at some point in the last week. Uh, He was like, you know what? This might not have been worth it. Uh, Not quite that bad, but Job, Job is not suicidal here. Uh, And again, this is delicate, and there's a lot to it. But he's specifically just wishing, saying. If I was not born, I would not have suffered any of this. And if I had not, it would all be for nothing. I wouldn't have to deal with this. It would be so much better. Basically, he starts there, and then he carries on throughout this entire chapter. I'm not even going to read all of it. Uh, We're going to read only just one key verse in a minute. But Job starts with, I wish I was not born. And he starts to question then, God, why did I live when everyone else did not? Why did I live? Why do I have to continue to endure this? And eventually, he even asked God, "God, you have been so good to me. Essentially, why did this happen?" It's, it's a very reasonable question. It's a very reasonable way to look at it. I think if any of us were in this place. Remember. Remember, Job did not just lose all his family. He's got sores on his arms, and he's sick, and he's in pain. It's awful. All of it's so bad. Uh, It actually says that when his friends arrived, they were like, oh my gosh, this guy is bad. Like, this looks bad. He's almost unrecognizable. And so, Job here is, I think, very fair in the way that he responds. This is not an example. Job's suffering, Job's wailing, his lament is a word that we would use for this from the Bible. This is not an example of Job faltering in his faith even. This is actually biblical mourning. And that's kind of the idea I want to talk about. I want to talk about this idea of, as Christians, is it okay for us to grieve? Is it okay for us to to mourn, to feel such a deep sadness? Is it okay to hold on to that emotion? Uh, because I think that there's, there's some misunderstandings about this. Uh, and some of them can actually be really damaging to us. And so it's important that we can start to talk about this and have a little bit of a conversation, get the ball rolling, uh, to, to understand this idea of grief and mourning. And in short, it actually can be a really good thing. It can be really healthy. It's very natural. Um, One of the other key things I want to differentiate here, I want to point out is, I would not actually say Job is depressed. Uh, I I know it's kind of a common jump that we might make. If you read this chapter and Job says, man, I wish I wasn't born. Why do I still have to be alive? Everything is awful. I'm in pain. I hate all of this. You might look at that and say, well, he's depressed. I, I actually think that this is different. And I'm not a mental health expert. I don't want to try to make every diagnosis, whatever. But the key difference I want to to state here is that Job's reaction here is entirely expected, I think, from any of us. If we looked at this, you say, of course you should be sad. Bad things have happened horrific things have happened in your life in the very recent past. Of course you should be just absolutely struck and crushed by this. And depression is not always this, but I think to make the jump to say that Job is depressed can say depression is not equated with sadness. I don't know uh, all of you, but I know in a room this size there's a fair amount of us that probably have wrestled with depression, clinically diagnosed depression. Uh, Those of you that have, you know, depression is not you get to choose if you feel happy or sad. One of the worst things you can say to someone that's depressed is, well, just cheer up. This is not that. Not at all. Uh, Job is sad, he is mourning, he should be sad and mourning. Depression is something that can be entirely out of your control. It's not that you made any choice to be depressed. And so I want to differentiate here, just on a healthy level, let's not make the jump and just say, Job is depressed and we're going to deal with depression here. Depression is an entirely separate category. And so I want to avoid that. Now, there's overlap Depression can bring about emotions of sadness, but it's not limited to that. So we're talking about different things here. But here's where I want to hone in when we're talking about Job. And, and you want to see this emotion. When, when I read this, we're in verse, or chapter 3, verse 26. Job has laid out all the reasons why his life is awful, and trust me, it is. I, I feel like we can all resonate with this emotion. I cannot relax or be calm. I have no rest, for turmoil has come It's awful. I cannot relax or be calm. Anyone ever feel that? Just that restlessness? When things haven't been going your way or when you've undergone really bad hardship, one of the the hardest things is actually this idea of being able to just put your mind at rest. For me, one of of my examples is this past summer, my uh, grandmother passed away. And for a lot of you, if your grandparents have passed away, you've, you might have felt similar emotions uh, that I kind of wrestled through here. But love my grandma. She was an amazing woman, very sweet. Uh, it's on my, my mom's side, so she's actually my adopted grandmother. If you don't know, my mom's adopted. Uh, you might have heard her story this summer. Uh, but we were close, they lived in the area, so we spent a lot of time together. But some of the things I knew about my grandma is I knew she was a Christian. She was very faithful. She prayed so faithfully. She cared so much that her grandkids and other people's grandkids, she loved children, but she cared that they would know the gospel, that they would be saved, they would be followers of Christ. Forefront of her heart. Everything she was about my entire life that I knew her. I I knew my grandma was a Christian. It was very clear. But when my grandma passed, there was this bittersweet emotion. For the last, I don't know exactly how long, but I think seven or eight years, uh, my grandmother struggled with dementia. Uh, if you don't know what dementia is, it's a lot like Alzheimer's. Uh, she lost her memory. Eventually, she wasn't really herself. Uh, she didn't know who we were. She might have known that she knew us, but she didn't know us. Uh, she couldn't live on her own anymore. She had to live in a family home to, to be cared for. And eventually, her health my my grandmother was old and it's natural it happens but that's sad it hurt but on the other hand I knew my grandmother was a Christian and so when my grandmother passed I had these two conflicting emotions of my grandma who I love who I'm so close with we share so so many things in common I'm sad I, I lost my grandma but on the other hand my grandmother who was sick who was hurting, no longer is. I get to rejoice because I know that she's in heaven. I know that one day I'll see her again. And I know that brings joy. But at the same time, I was quite sad. Actually, it was really hard in this room. uh, I didn't plan on sharing this. But in this room, I I actually did the ceremony for my grandma, uh, which is the first memorial I've ever done. Uh, I'm 25. I'm still fairly new at this. So doing a memorial... Uh, is pretty new for me, and that was a pretty emotional experience because the entire time I stood up here, I was looking at an audience mostly of older people that that raised me, that helped raise me uh, that that loved me and I knew loved my grandma and I just was sharing with them about how important the gospel was to my my grandmother and the entire time i 'm speaking i 'm speaking truth just like I would do here i 'm pretty comfortable on stage you know uh, Being in front of a crowd doesn't faze me. But in my head and in my heart, I'm wrestling with these emotions. If I have such grief right now, but also, hooray, grandma's not in pain. Grandma's in paradise. Luckily, the Bible talks about grief plenty. Words of Christ, of Jesus, our Savior are in here. Words of, of beautiful poets and the words of Paul. Uh, give us a little bit of a lens to understand processing that grief. So those feelings that I had, while I was thinking about them, I would go back and I'd read some of these verses. And so I wanted to share them with you uh, and walk through. The first one I want to share actually can be misunderstood, so I wanted to start there. Of uh, Let's have an understanding of how we can process grief. Because I've been there, and I've I, I felt it. Uh, that's why I shared that story. I, I have felt grief. And that's not the only time, but there's been uh, plenty of times that just... In my life, bad things happen, and it hurts. And I've cried out in hurts, in confusion, in pain, and I find comfort in knowing that we have a God that hears that, that loves us through it. So looking at Romans, these are the words of Paul. Again, I said this one might be misunderstood, so let's clarify. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So what I was talking about with my grandma, the emotions I felt, there was some suffering there of loss, but that doesn't compare to the glory that I know she was experiencing that I know one day I will get to experience of getting to be with our Creator, with our Savior, with our God, with Jesus, and we will be together again. I had both of these emotions. I had suffering at the present time, but I knew it didn't compare to what was coming. But I still felt the sadness. I still cried. It's actually the first time Hannah ever saw me cry. Fun fact. Uh, I still cried. That's okay. I'm okay admitting that. I'm also okay with processing that emotion that way. I did not lack faith because I cried that my grandmother passed away. One of the misunderstandings of this passage is that you might read that and say, well, I shouldn't be sad because I know one day everything is going to be better. Therefore, nothing in this world should faze me. And I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that we have a God and a Savior that comforts, that understands that. And I think that's evident throughout Scripture. This is not saying that. But what this is saying is that you can have hope Because what is happening now is not all that there is. There is goodness coming. There is still joy coming. So that's how, it's not saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get over it. Stop crying. It's saying, no, it's okay. Your grief is there, but there is goodness to come. In the words of Jesus, if you don't want to take my word for it, Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's in Matthew 5. Our Savior, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Who are they going to be comforted by? Himself. He draws us near. Psalm 147, beautiful poetry, this work. Psalms are full of mourning. There's entire book, by the way, called Lamentations, Lament. All full of mourning. Psalms are full of this emotion and mourning. And it says in Psalm 147, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Our God does not look at us in our mourning and say, Why? Stop it. That's not his emotion. He heals the brokenhearted. He comes close to us. Psalm 37, another one. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Ooh. He is near the brokenhearted and he saves those crushed in spirit. When we talk about grief, when we talk about emotion or mourning or sadness, God does not look at that. Again, he does not look down at that. He comes close to us. He loves us. He is near to us. He saves those that are broken in spirit. He bandages our wounds. He heals those who are brokenhearted. And we are comforted because we are blessed by mourning. It seems totally backwards, and I get it. But what I want you to understand, really, is that when you hear poorly timed, maybe well-intentioned statements, like, well, you'll get over it, or it's okay, God's got it, and you feel this emotion and you feel this sadness, what someone says to you might not be inherently untrue. But for us, we may fail to comfort in the correct way for one another. Job's friends, we're going to see, fail to comfort him. It says that they came to comfort him. They did not. They failed to comfort him. But our God, our Savior, our Jesus, he does not fail. When you feel broken, when you feel lost, my encouragement to you is to run to him, is to speak to him. That's what prayer is. Speak to him. Share the emotions that you feel. You might not be able to to put it all out eloquently, eloquently, if you're like me and you're crying, uh, you probably can't put out like, any words eloquently at all. Uh, that's okay. He understands. But we have a God that is close to us that wants to comfort you, that wants to love you. And to understand that, again, a character like Job, who's in this situation where all this bad has happened to him, I truly believe that when he's talking about, I wish I was not born... God, why am I suffering so much? It would be easier if, this, if I never had existed. When he says again that he is restless, he cannot relax or be calm, be calm because turmoil has come. When Job's saying that, I don't think God is looking down from heaven and saying, yep, Satan's winning. Satan's got this guy. Eventually, we'll see later in Job, He's going to get put in his place. He, he gets a little bit more bold with his challenges to God. But I think in this moment, there is a broken man that has lost everything that is rightfully emotional, rightfully lamenting. And I think that God would look at that and say, I love you. Doesn't mean that that makes all the pain go away. But there should be some comfort for us in knowing that we have a God that loves us, that, that comes close. For me, that's, that's my encouragement. In the times where I feel that pain, where I feel confusion, when bad things happen, the classic question is why, God? Why, why did this happen? And just like in Job, we don't get to find out. We don't always get the, the answer. Or sometimes you do, but it's not as quick as you want. Uh, and yet, God understands and He is patient. And he is kind. He comforts. My last encouragement is just this. Is don't be the person that's quick to speak when your friend is mourning. This is just a friendly tip. Don't be quick to speak. Be quick to to listen. Wrap your arms around them. Whatever it may be. But our job as followers of Christ is to love one another, especially in times of mourning and times in pain. Uh, The best way to do that is not always with your words. Uh, Sometimes it's just your presence. There's a lot of nuances and and intricacy with that, depending on your relationship and what's happening. But don't be the person that's known as putting their foot in their mouth and saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, It's a lot easier when your friend is hurting and you have no idea what to say, because I'll be be honest, 90% of the time when... I see one of my friends crying. I'm like, uh, what are you supposed to say here? Uh, just being there and saying, hey, I'm here for you. That can be enough. You don't have to have the magic right words. But you can be an example of loving like Christ did by just being there. I'm going to close in prayer. This is, a, this is a somber message, I know. But it's a good one. It's a good reminder that God understands our pain, that he sees it, and he loves us, and he comforts us. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to ask God for that comfort and for understanding. We'll close in worship. God, thank you that we get to to gather. We get to be with Friends, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, with our, our small group leaders, that, that you've put people here that love us, that care for us. And God, thank you also for this message from Job that while it's sad, while there there's a lot of emotion here, God, it's a good reminder of seeing your servant, Job, mourn. Where he's weeping, he's lamenting. God, I know that Again, in a room this size, there's some of us that might be mourning right now that are undergoing a lot of hurt, we're confused, there's pain. Yet I would pray for those that maybe don't know how to put the words to it. I just pray that you would comfort them. Uh, help them also just have the courage to share that with someone that they know loves them. Uh, help us be the church in that way, that we can love and comfort one another. God also, I just pray that that you, as our great comforter, that you are close to us, that we are reminded of that when we reach a time of hurt, where we reach a time of mourning, that we remember that we can run to you, that you will listen that you will love, and that you are the one that heals let it also let us also be encouraged, just that we know that the pain doesn 't last forever, uh, that you 've promised us that that the pain will stop, that we will Uh, get to rejoice in eternity with you, that that's an encouragement. Um, But God, we know in this time that that there can be a lot of pain. This world is broken. So I just pray for these students that when they face that, when their friends face that, their families face that, uh, that you would remind them that you love them and that that you will comfort them, God. God, we pray these things in your name. Amen.